0: Uh, for today God we just thank you that we can come here and worship you together God and I just pray that as we come to hear your word God that you will open our hearts God that you will um, help us to set aside maybe the stuff that we brought in here today God I pray not just set it aside God but get rid of it God I pray that we will give those things to you our hurts our frustrations our anger our bitterness God I pray that we will just give that to you God, as you we were singing this song, you literally just pressed on my heart, God, that there's so many in this room today, God, that are going through hurt and are going through pain and they're going through frustrations, God, and things that, that consume us. But God, I pray today. God, that we will give those hurts and frustrations and pain and bitterness and anger to you, God. That we will have freedom in Jesus' name today, God. That we will not hold on to the past, but we will press forward to the future, God. And we will not let the things of the past dis- distract us from the things that you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Um, we are so excited that you're here this morning. My name is Ladina. I am one of the assistant pastors here at Free Church. I'm over the Free Generation Ministries. I Right now, my title is youth pastor, so I work with the, a lot of the youth. That was one of them. I'm sure that was a leader, but that's okay. Um, youth are the best. I love them. Um, but as you can see that we are pretty full this morning. So if you have space beside you, I just want to ask if you would scoot over, scoot down. Let's make room. For those that are coming in, that are still coming in, because um, you know it's awkward walking in and there's no space, and we don't want to make them sit in the front. So please scoot over if there's room. Um, I have a couple announcements for you this morning. Like I said, you can see that we're packed, and I'm so excited that we are, because that means that God's people are joining together to hear his word, to worship together, to be the church like we've been talking about But we are going to uh, break into two services again. We're going to launch our 9 a.m. and our 11 11 a.m. services again. Um, But we are going to be having kids at 11 a.m. And so if you have kids and if you've just been like pick a service to go to and like connect with that service, we just ask you guys do that. 9 a.m. we're going to have nursery, but 11 a.m. we'll have our full kids program. And so we're going to be starting that on February 5th. And we want to kick off that service with like a little launch party. And so um, I know you're like two services, but look around. We need two services so that we can continue to grow and to make space for those who want to hear the word of God. And so February 5th, that is the date. Um, the next thing we're going to be doing, I'm actually going to invite my friend Rick Herman up here. Give him a hand. Rick is so great. He is our over our Grow ministry here at Free Church. He is passionate about people. He is passionate about people making connections. And so we are going to be starting our uh, free fam home groups. And so Rick is going to give us the rundown on what's going on with that.
1: The rundown. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I can barely see that. Um, so yeah, we got a number of groups. In our, this is our second, um, I guess, semester, six yeah. week period. So this is cool. Um, we have, I'm going to look. Um, actually, I got it right here too. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. When you get to hold your eyes here. So um, Tuesdays, for men, we have a a coffee group. We meet at 6 a.m. at Starbucks and commercial. And there's like uh, three or four of us. So plenty of room for more. It's great. Um, Kim is the leader on that. So he's awesome. Um, Tuesday nights is young adults. And that's been going for quite a while. And that's been going good. So uh, yeah, way to go. Excitement. Uh, Let's see. Thursday, actually, there's two groups. um, Um... Nate Emerson is leading one that's been going on for a while, and that's, that's, that's great. They're studying a book um, about C.S. Lewis. I know. Okay. I should be helping. Thank it. you. Um, <laughs> uh, also, a new one, um, Thursday evenings in Staten. This is going to be at, can we say whose home it is? Yeah. We gonna, this is, uh, the, the layman's home. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Excitement.
0: The layman's have the best dog ever, which I also have the best dog ever. So, George. So,
1: um, Friday night, is a fun group at uh, Darren and Tammy's house, and that's really close Woo-hoo! to here. Yeah, Woo-hoo! yeah, they, they are. Raise your hands, Darren and Tammy, right there. So, and there's room. So, um, so uh, something new that's pretty cool. On Saturday mornings, my wife uh, is going to lead a ladies' walk and talk downtown Salem. So, if you want some fresh air and uh, just meet other ladies and you know, get a little exercise, so that's going to be every Saturday. So. Kim, raise your hand. She's in back. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, and a one-time event this coming Saturday is going to be a men's weight loss clinic, or kickoff. Um, it, we may continue it, but it's going to start with one event. So if anybody's interested in that, um, all this stuff, you can, if you didn't can't see here, you, on the way out, we have it up in the lobby, too, and there's even a, a scanner that you can scan to sign up. We really want people to sign up. It's just... It's 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 good for us. It's courteous to the leaders who are, you know, like giving up their time to know who's coming. So please sign up. If you have any questions, then you can contact the leaders, you'll get an email and so you can communicate, get all your questions answered. Um yeah. I think yeah, I
0: have a question for, you. for me. Yeah, so um, where can they find information about this? Like on the what?
1: On the church on the church app and the website.
0: Yeah, so download our app, and you can sign up. All the times, the addresses, all that is on that particular location on our app. We don't publish it on, like, Facebook or those things just to protect the homes and the addresses for the people that are leading it.
1: And one more thing. Um, I just want to encourage people to stretch yourself a little bit. Um, It's easy to, like, stay in our own bubble. And uh, I believe we're meant to, like, interact with each other and get to know each other as a church. And I think we're healthier that way. And so... um, I'm kind of an introvert, believe it or not, but I have had to stretch myself, and so I encourage you guys to, you know, take, if if you're not involved with something, you know, you don't need to do everything in the church, but if if you're not involved at all, it's good opportunities here, so I encourage you to do that.
0: And I'm excited that Rick was able to share this morning, because this was kind of last minute we had him come up here, literally this week he was asked, but our message today is all about community, and so small groups are the way to get connected here at Free Church, right? Okay, thank you so much, Rick. Um, let's give him a hand. That, um, that was a lot of information. So please download the app if you haven't yet, the free church app. It's church center app. And then you click free church, and there is literally everything you need to know what's going on here is on that app. And so there's a connect card. There's a way to register events, register for small groups, sign up to help. All those things are on that app. And so if this is your home church then you need to have that app so you know what's going on. Um, Last week, we started off our message um, called The Church. And Pastor Anthony just shared how the church is not a building, that we are the church. And the real meaning of what the church is, who the church is. And can I just tell you that I left last week so burdened for the church. I left with this heavy heart, actually, because I realized that the state of the church in a whole Um, not just free churches, every church in a whole, the church, the people, is not at a great state, great place. Um, But today we're going to talk about what is the value of being the church? Who is the church supposed to be? What is the church supposed to look like? And one thing I love about actually free church, and I'm not here to sell you on free church, but I actually love free church. I think I was trying to figure out how long I've been going here. I always say less than the actual amount, but It's been like 18 years, and so Susan gets on to me because she's like, you're not that young, but rude. Um, I am actually only 29. That's what I tell the students. So so I know there's great things here, and so I literally love coming to Free Church on Sundays to see you guys and to just be in just the presence of God. I just feel his presence so strong this morning, Um, but let me tell you a little secret. Don't tell my boss. I don't think he's in here, so that's fine. Just close your Sometimes when I have work to do that may not even be church-related, I still like to come here. And I just love to be in this building. I know the church is not a building, but there is something special about the building. It's like the hub. And I was planning for this message this weekend. And I just, it was like the hub. It's kind of our connection point that we get to go out and do what God's called us to do. And so we get to come together. We get energized we get together we worship together and there's just something amazing that happens when God's people get together and then we get sent out and so I just look at the building as like this hub or this connect point and sometimes I come here just to be in this peaceful place because to me it's really peaceful my house is crazy three dogs one frog one cat three children one husband it's crazy there and so sometimes coming here I'm like I actually have to go to work today, so I need to go work at something. And so I just be in the quietness and this, this peacefulness. And so I love being here, actually. And um, many of you guys know my husband. Some of you don't. He's really tall. He runs FCO. His name's is Ryan. Um, he works really hard. But he works in Springfield. And so he drives an hour there, an hour back every day. And one, one th- time, let's just say... We got this brilliant idea to like we should probably just look at moving down there. It's a bad idea. But anyways, we should look at moving down there. So it'd be a really good idea for sell everything that we own and move into our travel trailer. Not a good idea. Um, With two dogs, three kids, and over a six-foot husband in a travel trailer in the winter is crazy. I know that's what you're thinking. Ladina, you're nuts. That's true. I am. Um, But... We would drive up every weekend and dry camp here to be here on Sunday. I would come up three times a week to Free Church. I worked here, and so we were down there for probably about six months, maybe eight months. The summer was great; we are outside. But when winter hit, um, we were just were talking, and we were just like miserable. One, it was cold and damp and wet, and that's disgusting. And it was I did not like that. Two, um, being inside of a 32-foot trailer with five people, two dogs, one of them's a German Shepherd not fun, and three, community. We were so lonely. We didn't have any really friends down there. Um, It's not like we didn't make friends. We made friends with the people by where we lived and stuff, but it just wasn't the same. Our community is here. Our friends and our place of worship was here, and so we didn't feel led to leave here, and so we were like, okay, obviously we're not meant to live in Springfield and Eugene, Thank God, because I hated every minute of that. Um, but this experience showed us the value of community. And for six months, if you've been out of the game for a while and have, maybe you haven't been at church for a while, you understand the value of community. You understand the value of doing life together and how important the church, the people, are in your life. And we as a family have kind of jumped into this idea of church, of people, of community I have people at my house all the time. I have um, groups going on at my house for the youth. We have hangout nights. We have different things going on um, with healthy boundaries. Don't worry. Um, but, but we have people there because we know community is so important. We know um, when you're doing church together, you're living life together, That it is fulfilling what God actually commanded us to do in Matthew. But we're going to focus in today on the early church. And so we're going to read in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And now when I read this passage, there's one part that everybody just kind of tenses up at, okay? So it just talks about selling all your possessions. Listen here. Let's just take a deep breath right now. Breathe out. I teach my children this for to manage their stress in, out. I'm not going to ask you to sell your possessions today, so you don't have to even be worried about that, okay? That's not what this is about. I know when we talk about possessions and money, everybody just gets so tense, and that's not my heart. My heart is to share with you how important community is, how important the early church and their way that they did life together. Why, that, why was that so important? And that's what I want to look at with you guys today. And so Acts two it says 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Verse forty three says, "And awe came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common." Verse forty five, "And they were selling their possessions and belonging and belongings and distributing them, distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together." And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And so this passage of scripture, so this was after they had experienced the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and when I read this passage, and actually I was sharing with Kristen Oakleberry today, or not today, but this week about this. And she's like, that would have been like being with the first original Avengers. Can you imagine? And it just spoke to my nerdy heart. So I just want to thank you for that um, publicly. I want to thank you for that because it was like these were the guys. These were the guys that spent time with Jesus. These were the guys that were able to hear his teachings directly. Some of them were there and he- heard his teachings directly. And I think it's so important for us to break this down because sometimes we get so hung up on things in the Bible that we don't actually listen and hear what the Bible is trying to tell us. Sometimes we brush over passages because it's uncomfortable or we're like, this is nuts. I'm not moving into a commune. I'm not doing this. No, this is crazy. But I want us to break down what this passage is actually saying and what the result of this passage and what the result of this way they were living. What was the big result? And... My natural tendency, many of you don't know this, but I'm a Debbie Downer. um, My natural tendency is to go negative. So when when Pastor Anthony asked me to talk about the church, immediately I was like, well, look at all the things we're not doing. Look at everything the church is doing wrong. And um, I was just like, in my mind, just making this list. And honestly, this message was probably one of the longest messages in prep time that it took me because I started Monday and I was like, okay, let's get going. All right, God, what do you want to say? You know, just praying, reading. And immediately was like, I'm like, okay, stop. Because that's not the heart that I want to convey today. The heart I want to convey today is just how can we move forward as the church in where we're living at today? How can we, as a people of God, make a difference around us? And God created us for relationship. God created us to have relationship with each other. And we need each other to be able to do what God's called us to do. Like we learned last week, we are all members of one body. So whether you're the pinky toenail of the foot or you are the nose or the hair or whatever, we all need to work together so that we can further the gospel because that is the point of the church. And so... Um, In studying for this, I was looking at some research that was done, and in 2019, there were 3,000 churches that opened in the U.S. There was 3,000 new churches in 2019. Um, However, in 2019, 4,500 churches actually closed their doors. The 4,500 U.S. Protestant churches actually closed their doors. And so that broke my heart. Not because I know the church is not a building, but I said, like I said earlier, the church to me is like a hub. It's like a point connection point. You know, we come here, we worship together, we go out. That means that 4,500 people, believers, church, the church, lost their connection point. And that was before 2020, the most amazing year of our lives. So can you imagine losing your connection point right before COVID hit? I probably wouldn't even be here (laughs) if it was, you know, because I needed, I relied on the church during those two years that were amazing, right? I know, they were. It's okay. Um, But they lost their connection point. They lost their house of worship. They were scattered. I pray that they found some place to connect. I pray they found some place to plug in. But that really broke my heart when I read that. I was, like, crying and weeping and mourning over that because the building, while it is a building, the church body that connects together, which is the point, the church, is so important. Connection is so important. And like I said earlier, we didn't know Rick was going to come share about small groups. Um, When we plan our messages, we do them in a year in advance. We didn't know we were going to launch small groups at this time. We were going to be talking about the church. And so God knew. So God knows what we're gonna do before we do it, and he knows that you needed to hear this today about connection. We need community. We need connection. And so, I think that when I when I mention a few things, I want to talk about real quick about the church with the state of the church. So please don't look at it as me being negative. It's just the reality. And when I look at it and I and I think about where we're at in the church, like we are the problem, also, not the church over there or the church over here, but we together are the problem because we have been so consumed with life, right? Life is hard. And it's just kind of funny that even ladies' night on Friday, and I guess the men's night too, like talking about time and priorities and putting priorities on things that are important in our lives and how we have been so consumed with our selfish motives. Honestly, my selfish motives, I've been so consumed that I have not allowed myself to do and be connected, to go to small groups, to do some of those other things that maybe I need to do? And how can I reorganize my life to make gathering together, to meet community together a priority? Because it is a priority. And I think we're so distracted by the world. We're so distracted by the things of the world. And it's not a fun place to be. And I know that. The world is hard. Families are hard. Work sometimes is stressful. You know, even church can be hard because it's full of people who are sinners and we're all messed up. And so when you put tons of messed up people together, you're going to have different things that are hard. And I know that some of you probably are in this room today that have been hurt by church. And that's something God wanted me to just take a minute and pause on. That if you're here today, maybe you've been hurt by church. Maybe you've been scorned or you're frustrated at church or you were damaged at a church and you're just like needing some healing God wants to heal that with, for you today because church hurt, honestly, is one of the worst hurts because it is your family. You are doing life together. And so when that happens, it cuts really deep. And so today I want to kind of speak to you to know that it hurts, but we have to go through the pain and get the healing so that we can be, do what God's called us to do, which is reach out and to go. And we need connection and we need community to do that. Um. We need to wake up and see the world around us Um, and wake up. The world is lost. We're living in a fallen world, and it needs people. It needs the church because right now the world is kind of just running rampant, and God's people are hiding, hiding instead of stepping out and going. I'm hiding instead of stepping out and going. I'm shutting my mouth instead of speaking truth. I'm too afraid, and I'm, and I'm alone, and I'm not reaching out, and I'm not letting people into my life because maybe I'm hiding something I don't want anybody to see. But God says, no, we need to be open with each other. We need to be real with each other. We need to be authentic with each other. We need to live with each other in this openness and this community and this living life together so that the end of this passage says, and the Lord added to their numbers day by day, those who are being saved. Amen. The whole point of being the church and living and doing things together is that day by day, people will be saved. People will hear the gospel. People will see how we're treating each other, and they will say, what is going on over there? These guys are freaks, but what is happening? I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to be, oh, what's happening? And we can share the gospel because that's ultimately what we're called to do. In verse 32, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to the fellowship, teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And when I read this, I think about the last verse actually. It says that all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now look around, this room is very, very different, very, very diverse, and we probably don't have a lot in common, but we share one thing in common, right? We share our love for Christ in common, that is our one thing that's in common. And we all may have different opinions and different points of view on things, but we share Jesus, and we unite in Jesus, and who Jesus was, and what Jesus did for us, and that is our common point, that we can reach others, And it says here that, um, an awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, because these regular guys, fishermen, tax collectors, just unrecognized, no credentials, just these regular people were joining together in the name of Jesus, and he was doing great things through them. And if we call ourselves Christians, if you are like, hey, I'm a follower of Christ, that same power, that same authority has been given to you to do great things for Christ because he can do the same miracles and the same things through you. And I just look at this and I see this beautiful picture that, again, of people coming together in the name of Jesus, fellowshipping, sharing a meal, and the result was many signs and wonders were, be done, were done through them by Jesus. And I've said this a hundred times already, that there is something powerful about when God's people gather together in his name and worship him and community happens, life is lived together, and we get to share that with others in our city. We're not meant to stay in that place of this because Jesus actually tells us to go and make disciples. So we come, we gather We get community, we live life together, and then we get to share that with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with people at the grocery store, whoever God leads in your life. Um, There's been some debate about, like, are they talking about when they're eating? Are they talking about communion? Are they actually talking about food? But really what what that is is probably both. If you look in 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 34, it kind of suggests that they did communion when they ate, like when they gathered together. Um, acts three one kind of refers to some of the prayer and and how that kind of looked. Um, the point of this all is is that where God is when where God is when he's working, there is something awesome that happens in his presence, and his presence is experienced, and miracles happen, and people are free from things they're delivered, and people get freedom in christ and things change and move um in verse 45 this is where sometimes people just like clinch up and you know they don't they don't want to talk about this because we are driven by money and that's hard sometimes to talk about but again deep breath in let it out we're going to talk about it because this is an important part of this passage it's easy to brush over this and be like oh that's great next point but I think we need to look at it because what does it even look like? I think sometimes we have misconceptions. I have misconceptions of this what this actually meant. And when I did some studying on it, and it was really like, that makes sense. Um, so verse 45 says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. And so sometimes when we read this, we get hung up because, we, one, we love money. And if we're being honest, when somebody said, okay, give up your possessions, you're like, I worked really hard for this. I'm not going to give it up, right? I'm not going to give up this. But I want to break it down, and I just want to so take a deep breath and work through it because here's the deal. Here's a couple things that we need to remember. One, they were not selling everything, all their belongings, because it says that they met in their homes. So it wasn't like them together, they got together and like, okay, everybody needs to sell everything. They were they were uh, giving out of voluntary out of generosity it was excess stuff two it's not a commandment we should not assume that all jerusalem christians were required to sell all their goods and pool of their resources and the other thing is that the selling of goods is done voluntarily otherwise we're going to read here about the gift of of barnabas would have been not worthy to know and so we're going to jump over to acts 4 36 and 37 And it says, thus Joseph, who was also called by the Apostle Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, the Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the Apostle's feet. And so this is, uh, Luke depicts the selling of possessions to meet community needs, an ongoing process rather than just a one-time big investment. I'm going to sell everything I own and just give it to the church. One to the church, building, people aren't asking for your money. When we talk about giving here, when we talk about tithing and offering, it's not be so that we can get rich, first of all. Secondly, it's, it's about your heart. The Bible says we need to give generously and be generous people. And so looking at a passage like this, it's like these people were just wanting to fill the need of their community. Kind of like what Pastor Anthony was just talking about. He didn't know I was going to share that, about this. So, like, he didn't know I was going to talk about this, but he's just saying, like, filling a need, seeing a need, meeting a need, seeing a need, meeting a need, being a generous people. That was just kind of their way that they did life. And so as the church, we need to be a generous people. We need to be cheerful givers. We need to be a generous, generous people and be in a position where we can do that. Amen. Um, In Acts 11, 27 through 30, it says, Now these days prophets came Down from Jerusalem to Antioch, stand, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. It's still going to go down. And took the place the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders that by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So the very guy who's like giving above and beyond because he wants to meet that need is over now, helping meet the need of the famine that was coming in the land. So again, this idea is repeated even a grander scale. Like when famine spread throughout the world and hit especially hard in Judea, the church of Antioch made provisions to help suffering and neighbors in Jerusalem. Again, that idea of like they saw this thing coming, they knew it was going to happen, so They were being generous and giving to those in need. Um, In verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is my favorite part of the passage. Because I just picture the church in action. I picture it as like a well-oiled machine. Just every clock is hitting the right spot. And they're moving forward to further the gospel. And they're moving forward. And they're meeting the needs. And they're meeting together. And they're eating together. And they're having generous hearts. And they're praising God. And the best part is the Lord added to their number day by day people being saved. That's the whole point. We are to go out to the world. The world is lost and the world doesn't know what's you know what the answer is. We can tell them what the answer is. The whole point of the church is to share the gospel of Christ. Jesus was sharing Jesus' whole purpose was for the church, people was to go out. And we see this in Matthew twenty-eight, sixteen through twenty. It says now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them they worshiped him and some doubted. Sorry. And Jesus came to said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you." And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And I read the great commission that he gave his disciples. And then I read in Acts. I'm going to read that passage again in Acts, because God really showed me something through that. And I want I want you guys to see it. It says in Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and all had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributed proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending to temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people, And the Lord added to their numbers day by day who were being saved. And I look at the Great Commission, you know, the Great Commission Jesus tells his disciples to send them out. And then I look at Acts, and they got to see Jesus' command. They were fulfilling it. It was being done. They saw the mission that Jesus gave them, and they were doing the mission that Jesus called them to do. The mission that was given to them by the Son of God was coming to pass. People were being saved. People were getting added day by day because they were willing to live this idea of church. They were willing to live in this idea of community. They were going out. They were reaching the lost. They were doing miracles and signs and wonders. And, you know, even in the Bible, Jesus sent them out two by two for safety, for accountability. He didn't do it one by one. He sent two by two. He sent them out together. We are meant to do life together. We are meant to do Church, We are the church, and we are supposed to do church together. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you guys to be the church, to, to go on assignment that God has given us, to be the community that our city needs, that our state needs, that, you know, the world needs. And together to go and to see how we can be a blessing to those people, to the community, to reach people that no one is reaching. And if any of you have ever done, we used to be new here, start here, but now it's on ramp. Um, Pastor Anthony always says this thing. He says that the church was God's plan A to bring his kingdom here. The church was God's plan A. Amen. It was the plan. There was no plan B. Because in the Great Commission, he says to go make disciples. That's what we're called to do. If you are a follower of Jesus, that is what you are called to do, to go and make disciples, to Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To teach them and observe all that I have commanded you, what Jesus commanded us to do, just like what the apostles were doing. And he says that he is with us always, even till the end of the age. And that's something that's good for us as well. He is with you always. No matter what you're going through, no matter what hang-up, hurt, or anything that maybe you're fighting right now, he is with you always. And so today as we kind of wrap this up, I know, not very long winded, but here's the deal. It's pretty simple be the church. (laughs) Stop messing, just be the church. Let's be the church. Let's live in community. Let's live radically different than what the world expects. Not be negative Nancy like me, but be a community of grace, of love, of hope. Let's be that community. Let's show the world something they're not expecting. Let's show them people that could get along and not be worried about position or backbiting or whatever it is that we worry about sometimes in church community, whatever we get hung up on. Let's get start with Jesus. Let's get them together with Jesus. And if you were at our New Year's service, you got those dominoes and you know the first domino was, the set everything in motion was Jesus. That's the first one. And Maybe you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus. That's the first step in community, you know, saying yes to Jesus. And so I'm just going to have everybody kind of close their eyes for a second, not out of religiosity, but I really want us to focus in for a second because if you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never followed him, you came in today and you're like, one, this lady's crazy. Two, maybe you're feeling that kind of that tug of like, I want to experience that. I want to experience church, the church. I want to experience community. And the church, again, is not a building. I want to experience life. I want to experience what she's talking about. Now, the church in a whole has not done a great job of this. But we are the church, so we can make the change. We can step up to what God's called us to do. We can start putting one foot in front of the other and stop sitting on the sidelines and jump into the life God's called you to live and being in that community together. But this morning, if you're here and you're like, I've never said yes to Jesus, I've never given my life to him, I want to make opportunity for that because that's the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life, of saying yes to him. One of the most important and one of the most hard ones because that means that we have to start, you know, maybe living a little bit different. But if that's you this morning, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Um, If you have not ever given your life to Christ and you're saying, today I want to do that, will you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you this morning? Awesome. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, Ladina? I am a Christian. I've given my life to Jesus. But I'm really kind of not doing great at the church situation. Maybe that's you this morning that's like, I want to be the church God's called us to be. I want to be the church. I want to step in. And maybe you're here today and you've been hurt. People can suck sometimes, okay, because we're human. And when you get people together, again, it can be hard. I know that. Church hurt is hard. But God, really, I felt on part of my heart that if you've been hurt by the church, today God wants to heal you. And so maybe if that's you this morning, um, I again, just raise your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to um, just agree with you today that, that you will have freedom over that hurt, that you will have freedom over um, just healing over that hurt. God, you see the hands that have gone up today, God. You've seen people that are saying, I've been hurt, and I want healing. I've been hurt, God, and I want freedom over that. God, I pray that as we in this worship time, um, just with a song, God, that you will just heal our hearts. God, help us to walk through that pain to get the healing, God. And Lord, for those of us that said yes to Jesus, God, I we're rejoicing. that it's exciting, God. And I pray that, that as they grow closer to you, they will be able to live out this life of church, this life of community that you've called us to live. We just thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, one more thing I have to say, though, actually. Because the takeaway. The takeaway is one of the most important things, right? So our second domino, the first one is Jesus, second domino. Join a small group. That's a great place to start in community, joining a small group. doesn't take a lot of commitment. It's one day a week. Um, people are weird. It's going to feel awkward. I've been in a lot of small groups. I know. I've led a few awkward ones myself. I've led some that have literally imploded, okay? Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm here. Join a small group. People are weird and awkward. Give it four times at least, minimum. There's six weeks or eight weeks? Six. Four, minimum. That gives you two weeks to really get connected, right? Um, But small groups are important. Like I said, we didn't know, you know, this week Rick was going to come talk about it. God, we plan these messages out a year in advance. This is a way for you to jump in and start living community the way that Christ has called us to. Being the church. And small group is going to be your support. It's going to be the ones that rally again, around you when you need prayer for something. They're going to be your, your connection point. So check that out. Be in community. Have lunch together. Have coffee together. Eat together. Pray together. Worship together. Grow together. We're going to um, sing one more song. Kim's going to wow us on her guitar. And um, we're going to have people up here for prayer. Because I know there's people here that need some freedom. There's people here that have been hurt. There's people here that are going through some stuff. There's people here that need some healing. So we're going to have some of our team up front. And we want to pray for you because we want you to have freedom. We want you to live the life that God's called you to live. And if we're hung up on all the stuff that's going around, if we're hung up, we're holding on to those stupid suitcases and We can't let go of them. We need each other. We want to pray with you so that you can have freedom.